the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now, Healthcare now. with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayak. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. It's a fun Thursday afternoon drive time. Hope people are uh, getting through that okay. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to talk about all things healthcare. Good evening, Dr. Mark. Can you believe it's January 27th? No. What happened to this month? I, it's it's you know it's been a crazy. We we always sort of say you know, the time flies thing, but I really believe that with COVID, there were some standstills where it didn't it seem to move, yeah. and we're back at that rapid turnaround, and things are just gone. You know, I think it's the way you anticipate yeah. the holidays, and once they're gone, it and goes full. Speed. And this idea, the older you get, the faster time goes. I'm beginning to believe that. You know, there's actually a, there's actually some studies to prove that it's true. Is that and right? it talks about how a younger mind and an older mind establishes time. It's, it's kind of some interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's more than it's more than just a saying. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about COVID update. But before we get into some of the uh, FDA antibody uh, drugs that have been right. sidelined by Omicron, yeah, been big news. I want to give a little update. Uh, there was an indication the other day that 70% of patients being admitted to the hospital today nationally are unvaccinated. Right. And 90% of the deaths, of the deaths yeah. are unvaccinated people. Yep. Dr. Mark, if that isn't a strong enough message to people that aren't vaccinated, yep. up minus the medically reasons that they can't be vaccinated. Sure, sure, sure. I can't imagine anyone not looking at this. No, I, it's a, it's, it's been the, the discussion goes on and on. And we've seen that they're, they're studying things pretty carefully because they're not just saying you got the shot, you're better, right? Right. They're looking at whether you've gotten two or a complete cycle and a booster. Right. And in Israel, if you yep. got a fourth yep. shot and came back with that fourth shot, not looking like it was advantageous for Omicron. So there's there's a balance there. But this has been this data has been unchanged. Yeah. And it's truly been unchanged since alpha. Right. And and when we talk about the 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 plague, you know, towards towards the unvaccinated, the numbers have backed it up from day one. Now, Omicron seems to be less severe, less deadly. But then when you look at people that are vaccinated, even less. So. And now Omicron represents over 90 percent of all oh, the infections. Yeah, it it jumped yeah. up. It jumped yeah. from almost nothing to yeah. in the 90s really quickly. Yeah, and it's it been did. it's been holding, uh, which I suppose is good news. It also may mean, you know, we haven't we continue to look for other variants. But right. interestingly, the only upside of this is when that 70 percent gets sick they are now immunized right. for a period of time. Well, actually, ICU beds have only increased about 14%. Right. And that's yeah, a it's good thing. It's been nothing thing. like the last yeah, bite, that, which is a, a very good thing. But no. there's been a couple of other things uh, that have happened just recently. The CDC issued travel warnings for five Caribbean destinations as, quote, very high risk for COVID-19. Yeah. And right. those uh, those islands are uh, Jamaica, St. Yeah. Bartholomew, the Dominican Republic, Guadalupe, and St. Martin. 
Yep. You ever yep. been to any of those places? I've been to Jamaica. Yeah, me too. Yep. I've been to yep. Haiti, which is on the same island, right? As Dominica, right. but but right. Uh, but that is, that's about it. And I've I been did not close have to Saint Martin, but not yep. uh, meaning Puerto Rico. Oh, gotcha, but, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yep. not in actually on the island. Yeah, and I think they base this on new case reports on new ca- new yep. cases, and they don't necessarily have whether it's Omicron or not, but it probably is. It's interesting that you said that, Doctor Mark, because you hit the nail on the head when the infection levels reach five hundred. New cases per hundred thousand people that's, over a twenty-eight day period. That's a trigger. That's when they nail it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You you, yep. you didn't have the numbers, but you knew exactly what yep. the formula was. Yeah, that's what yep. they've been looking at from the very beginning. Yep. And how they set up these travel bans. And I do want to point out, these are, you said this, they're mm-hmm. new. Yep. So in the regions that a lot of these countries and islands are, there there have been tra- bans that have been through this whole yep. process. Yep. So if anybody's traveling, you really need to check the website. You can, actually, I think it's on TSA's website too, okay. isn't it? Okay. And, and look at the CDC website for travel and make sure that, you know, these are the new ones that were added, but there's right. there's others on that list. Right. Well, the Bahamas, Barbados, and St. Martin were already on that list. There you go. And then now they've actually talked about some other countries that are issued as the highest coronavirus warnings, which is Peru, mm-hmm. Colombia, mm-hmm. Fiji, Kuwait, Mongolia, Niger, Romania, and Tunisia. Wow, you know that's a Fiji, lot of countries. Fiji had shut down, didn't they? Shut down in the very beginning, and they, they had did. like they had like zero cases. That's right. They had and none. they reopened. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna remember the dates right, but I remember it was big news when they reopened. And uh, I've never been anywhere near Fiji, but uh, but there was like this big travel right. news. And that wow, that's I'd actually that's like awful. to go to Fiji. Yeah, but that's got to be gorgeous. awful for their co- economy because yeah. you know they were screaming because they had to shut down. Well, Fiji's made tourists. up, I believe, of hundreds, hundreds of, of islands. islands. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is that's really interesting, Love Larry. That. Yeah. But it's it's really impactful for these these places that they rely on tourism as their mm-hmm. uh, you know main G- gross national product, and right. and right. They, they have to shut it down. They're going to get this is our information, right, from the U.S. Yeah. Europe has it has their own set. Yep. Said data and what well, they do is, is may differ well, to some extent. Well, as a physician, Dr. Mark, let's go back to this number a minute. Mm-hmm. 500 new cases in a 28-day period per 100,000 lives. Right. So that's a— Does that seem like very much? Yeah. Well, they, here we do it by a, a percentage, right? So mm-hmm. we follow that percentage of the population or percentage of new cases per tests. Okay. And the, that brings in a lot of difficulty in that now that we're doing home tests— that that number seems to have a lot less value, a lot less, you know, exactness to it. Whereas this number is really looking at just straight cases and population because right. we don't have any control over how they define a case and, you know, how that's going to play out. Right. So that, that's that's important to know. Yeah. OK, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned home tests, mm-hmm. but now, you know, anybody can order them right on a website. And now beginning next week, you can pick up your masks at CVS or Walgreens for free. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Really? No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you'll get your tax bill at the end of the yeah, year. I was going to say, you know, free, free is an air quotes. <laughs> no, right. no question about it. That's right. Well, I tell you, uh, the, the, the testing thing is really kind of interesting because so first they came out and said, okay, four tests per person yep. per, it was like month, wasn't it? Uh, actually, yeah. yeah. But but each family, a family right. of four can order up to 32 tests for well, a month. Well, each address can only get four tests. Right. Well, so that's it. Oh, okay. So you're not, and so when you, when you, and, and absolutely people go ahead and go on the website and order yep. it, you're only going to be able to get four per address and the delivery date yep. is still unknown. 
But let's go back to something that you said last week that I thought about this week as we were going to have this discussion. Yeah. You mentioned testing, whether it's uh, for this virus or any other testing. Right. Is it done? And the physician has to ask, what am I going to do with the outcome of that yeah, test? What's, what's that information going to Is it going to change my right. care pattern? Right. And Talk so, about that for a minute. Well, you know, in, in a pandemic... Testing has a little bit more meaning because you're literally defining the pandemic based on these tests, right? So it's not just saying what you're going to do, what the patient is going to be asked to do or not do. It's still laying out levels that trigger things like travel bans or trigger trigger things like mandatory mask or, you know, getting out of the school system and going to school from home. So those numbers become really important to decide how we act as a society, as a community. Whereas other tests you have to ask yourself, you know, if I do this test, am I going to change my medical therapy? Am I going to add an antibiotic? Am I going to tell you that you've got to stay home an, another number of days? And so you have to ask that, you know, and you, in the way a, the way a caregiver sets this up is before they actually do the test, they say, okay, well, it's either going to come back high, low, or middle. And right. if it's, what am I going to do with those decisions? If it's all the same thing, then why are you yeah. getting the test? And, and the paranoia out there today of if you get the sniffles, you need to go have a test. Right. I mean, that's all over the school systems for kids. It is. And yeah. the only caveat there is that's all about exposure. Right. So now, I mean, you used to be able to send your kid to school with a runny nose and a cough. You'd be chased back to your neighborhood at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. You know, even, even when you're traveling now or you're sitting on a plane, the person next to you, when they were coughing, you always used to say, oh, gee, you know. I'm going to pick up the cold now. Right. Now you're accusatory. Like, how dare you get and, out here? And usually if you were on long flights, even long before the pandemic, oh, you, you probably sick. would get a cold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're at a whole new level yeah. of it now, Larry. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the other thing, let's talk about this school situation. Yes. You know, we don't get political, but this uh, school board versus the parents versus isolating kids in certain classes. Yeah. Uh, this thing is out of control, Dr. Mark. Well, yeah, I think it's just people are out of control. Well, I mean, it's, it. it's yeah. not. I mean, people are responding to a difficult situation. Yep. And, and if you're not going to help. You know, you're just yep. going to make it worse. And and, that, and that's what we've seen. And it's happened, you know, with the, the masks. It's happened yep. for it, it, There's no doubt that this is difficult for everyone. Yep. It, it, is, it is a stressor. It's an economic stressor. It's an emotional stressor. You know, it's it's yep. a it's a, a mental well, our disaster. Governor, our governor has actually come out early in this thing and said it needs to be up to each parent and each family what their risk level should right. be and the exposure, whether they wear masks in schools or not. I completely agree with Governor DeSantis on that. Well, then, then you look at the, the responsibility of the principals and the superintendents. Yep. And, and so, you know, everybody has a job to do. That's right? right. And that's as a parent, right. that's your number one job. That's right. Do your job. That's okay. Right. Now, as a school superintendent, that's that person's job. Right. And it, they have to make a decision and you don't get get to decide as a parent what the right. superintendent decides. Exactly. But you, if you're going to be part of that mechanism, you got to follow along. And I'll tell you, you can disagree and you can have discussions. That's right. But as soon as you start losing your mind, you got to take yourself out of yeah, the conversation. And, and a lot of people have lost their mind over this, Dr. Martin. It's been awful. People yeah. have been arrested. They've been it's, calling them domestic oh my terrorists. God. Oh, it's just terrible. I mean, it's, it is. It's ridiculous. It's, it's beyond. And it, and it is. It's a response yeah. 
to A, none of us like to be told what to do. That's right. You know, some of us are better Particularly at it when it comes to your kids. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you're going to going to be protective. That's right. And and number 2, we are all stressed. This has been an event like nothing any of us have ever seen and it's not over yet. So all those unknowns kind of lay out well, actually, it's interesting you said that, Dr. Mark, because here we're January 27th. Yes. January 19th, two years ago, is when the first emergency um, issue was issued for the pandemic. Oh, really? That was so the, we that just was the, celebrated an official two years two with years. this pandemic. And nobody nobody baked a cake or put no. candles in it. You we, know? Didn't have a, we didn't have no. an anniversary or anything. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no corona, no corona anniversary. That's now. right. Just no respect, really. I know. Well, now, I hopefully... Uh, I think if people uh, take a little time to think about that and being being kind to each other and take care of your family, yep. you know we're gonna we're gonna save a lot of heartache, Larry. Well, you know we're we're getting close on time, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, what the FDA also revoked some emergency authorization on yes. a couple drugs. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. Be right we'll back. be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we, we're going to carry on for uh, part two. We still need to talk a little bit about the medication changes. That's that, right. that We haven't talked COVID. enough about COVID, so we need yeah, to talk a little, more, a little more. Well, you know, traffic is not going to be good, so you know, we, might, we might as well entertain, right? Right. So there have been, know, yeah, the, the newest thing was uh, on the monoclonal antibodies, right? Right, right. The FDA uh, this past week revoked the emergency authorization on two drugs from Regeneron and Eli Lilly. Right, the two monoclonal antibodies. Yeah, and said they should no longer be used because they are unlikely to work against yep. the Omicron variant. Yep, and so this was information that we had no clue about. And I know that uh, in Florida there was a big push that if you didn't want to get vaccinated that you could just jump on this antibodies and, and Governor DeSantis made lots and lots of these antibodies available. Yep. So he was not happy about this. He was not happy yeah. about it. And, sure. uh, you know, so several of the sites immediately shut down. Yep. And I mean, I believe there's a couple still open, though. I don't think I think they're Maybe given they other, closed over the weekend. I think they're given other. There's a there's another medication that drug that they're giving. Yep. And uh, yeah, so this is this is interesting, but it's based on information that makes sense science and yeah. and my curiosity was since omicron wasn't as severe I, I don't know that may be the play right so if you it, they're comparing people who did and did not get the monoclonal antibody so if you're not going to be that sick you're not going to sh- see such a difference well it's interesting the fda did come back and say that in the future 
if these drugs do prove to oh, be yeah. more effective than they thought, uh, they will reauthorize their, their right. use. And we never know if it will be more effective against some other variant, if we see another variant, and likely will, right. or, or if it's not going to be anything at all. Yeah. Monoclonals, though, I mean, I, I really like, you know, we talked about this with Alzheimer's. I mean, I like that that it's in the conversation. I think that... Uh, I don't want to say it's the silver bullet of the future, but it, it certainly is going to add to what we have in, in right. treatment for lots right. of diseases. And people are really going to have a better understanding of what they are with this right. exposure, right? Right. And, you know, Merck and Pfizer came out with these two antiviral pills. Yes. That, uh, But again, these pills are in pretty short supply. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't been everywhere and they haven't been well studied since the original studies. So I would expect we're going to hear more about those you know, as, right. as time goes on, right? And then glad. GlaxoSmithKline also has an antibody drug, but it has been in very short supply to date. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if those are available anywhere in Florida. I don't, I don't either. Yeah. I think that uh, what is it, the Citrovibid, or, or let's see, I'm, I'm going to be saying it. You wrong. can pronounce yeah. those drugs a lot better than I can, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Mark. So I think that was that may actually be the medication that is still available here in Florida once the other two uh, the other two monoclonals were pulled out. So yeah, I didn't, didn't really do much background on that. But but that's the kind of thing that we're going to have to respond to. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, there was a nice article in our, our local news stating that both the big health systems here yes. are seeing a, a significant drop in hospitalizations. Saw that. Yep. And, and Advent Health uh, put out information that they had 900 inpatients, which was Right. which was lower than the previous peaks and is is dropping daily. Right. Uh, they also demonstrated uh, data that showed that they've had a much fewer ICU admissions. And so that's it's been a very different experience with Omicron. And we said that from the very yes, beginning. But yes. I tell you, I didn't have I didn't have that much confidence that it was going to come out that way. Oh, I remember you those know? conversations. Yeah, because I was when I, I was kept worried. saying, well, it's a lot less uh, infectious. Right. And yeah. you kept saying, no, the jury's still out. Yeah. So it's I remember it's, that. Yeah, yeah, it's more infectious, but it seems to be a lot less severe. severe. And, yeah. and yeah. how that works is just the way it works. And, and you know, there's these other coronaviruses that have been around for decades that are very mild. And, you know, maybe maybe that's the direction that we're going to see things go. Well, you mentioned that uh, Advent Health said they had 900. Mm -hmm. Uh, Orlando Health indicated that they had 531 in-house positive COVID patients. Right. And when you look at the total number of beds that each of those institutions have, that's the same same percentage. And the uh, ICU beds are down 21% from where they were just a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yep. And we still, I still haven't seen, I've seen some numbers of death. I haven't seen the comparisons on all the graphs that they throw out there. It's really been on new cases, which, which exploded. And so if you look at the number of deaths and the number of new cases, much, much lower than we've seen in, exactly. the, in the previous two years. As exactly. you mentioned, now we're, we can start talking about two years of information, right? Right. Well, very good. I don't know. Have we, have we beaten that uh, I think that we virus? have. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is Advent did state that they remain to be on green status. Right. That's a very yes. good thing. Yeah, I think they stayed. Did they go to yellow even? They went this? to yellow for yeah. a while, and then they came back to gotcha. green. Yeah, yeah, so that must have been yeah. a pretty short run. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Orlando Health hasn't done a system. They've just talked about whether or not they re- require restrictions, which yeah. they have not. But so. you know, Dr. Mark, uh, Dr. Vivek Murphy, our U.S. Surgeon General, he actually made a statement on January 
16th was just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. not even, that the Omicron variant has not yet peaked. And he pointed out that while cases have plateaued around the country, that the national peak is not expected for several more days. We're now uh, we 11, we're, we're 11 yeah. days yeah. out of that statement. Yeah. And, and I really think that that peak ended up being like on the 18th. I think it was exactly. just right after he yep. spoke. Yeah. So he, he was de- he's definitely not not much off the mark. No. And but the, seeing those trends so quickly and you know maybe that we're we're the reporting setup is different, but we were seeing information much more quickly as as far as increased number of beds per day nationwide. Now locally we were getting it. Right. But uh but yeah, we were getting that information much more quickly and I think that's part of it too. Like with this variant the reporting on it has bumped up, yep. and and it happened with Delta as well, you right? Know, compared right, to right. compared to Alpha and the other unnamed variants yep. that we never never even spoke about. So part of it is is reporting, right? And, and aside from Dr. Murphy making that comment, Javier Becerra, HHS secretary, renewed the public health emergency, the PHE declaration, now until April sixteenth of this year, and that is the eighth time, Dr. Mark, that public health emergency has been renewed. So since the pandemic right. started. And so that's going to affect a lot of what can be given out, out of some of these right. bills that were passed because right. it's defining the period that we're still yeah. in a pandemic. It has to be renewed every 90 days. Interesting. And it's Interesting. been renewed eight times. So the que- next question becomes, you know, when when do we back this out of being a pandemic, and especially with what we're seeing worldwide. And I don't know that the U.S. can unilaterally make that statement if if the numbers that we're seeing reported back worldwide don't come down significantly. And, and that's just not something that we're predicting. Right, right. You know, it's, uh, you know, I think one of the comments today is, well, we talk about this, we talk about are we beginning to peak, but let's talk a little bit about what will be the future new normal with all this, Dr. Mark. You know, I, I think that... That new normal name has yeah, become a yeah. interesting phenomenon. I, I really think we have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and you, know, you hear everything from, oh, it'll be just like the flu. We're going to get a flu shot every year. Well, you know who's saying that? It's the people that make the shots. That's exactly. Now, I'm right. not saying yeah. that makes them yeah. wrong. I'm just saying, you know, getting that that thought out there yeah. doesn't doesn't harm their bottom line and I, we just don't know. I mean, yeah. we can see it depends on where this variant goes. If th- this is a trend which it's pretty hard for me to accept that that this Omicron yep. is a you know is a sign that the, the next variant is going to be less virulent. Right. I just don't think that you can make that statement. Well, they talk about the new normal, that one thing that is certain about the new normal, that vaccines are going to be a big part of this well, moving forward. Well, again, that that's the vaccine makers. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. Mean, and, and we just don't know. Do I suspect in the short term? Yeah, I think that they will be. Yeah. But it also looks like just getting booster after booster isn't the right answer. Right, right. If we can redefine, I know that the companies are point. working on an yeah. Omicron booster, a specific mm-hmm. I saw Omicron that the booster. other day. Yeah. That, that at least makes more sense to me. But the Israeli study we talked about last week showed that that fourth booster had very little, if any, effect on Omicron. Right. So that would tell you, no, I don't need to keep yeah. getting shots because it's, it's not right. going to help me. Well, some of the infectious disease specialists at both Mayo and John Hopkins, as well as our HHS, have indicated that the new normal is yet to be determined. That They've all said sounds that. Like they a, sounds like they listened to me. Sounds like they heard what man, you said. Man, yeah, those guys at Johns Hopkins, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. But that there would be a smaller threshold 
Yes. In dealing with it. Yeah, well, people are... And that makes sense. Well, we're, yeah. we're, it's just like, a, it's like an airline accident. I mean, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but when it yep. does, you heighten your awareness yep. to every issue, and that's where we're going to be. We're going to see travel bans for a long time. Yep. And I think that, you know, countries are going to start politicking back and saying, hey, you know, don't label us in this way. Right. And, but, but that's going to be here longer than what we're doing yep. in, the, in the US. Right. So the first, what, what order do things happen? Okay. School. That's like number one. Okay. Like people going back to school, going back to work. Right. And we're in some semblance of a new normal there because I think people going back to work are going to see a lot more from home work, but not because of infection. It's because it makes sense. Right. You know, that companies are saving lots of money, um, travel dollars. A lot of these meetings that people flew to. Right are not going to happen. And some will come back, yep. you know, because that face-to-face has, yep. has value. Well, Dr. John O'Horo, who is one of the leading uh, infectious disease specialists at Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. he, he's been quite vocal about this, but he says the new normal is going to look a lot like the flu, where there's going to be different strains and needs for regular boosters to prevent different types of strains from coming back. I, I don't know. I, it makes I, sense. I, well, I mean, I think that's a great hypothesis, but I don't yep. think there's any evidence to back this up because this is a new phenomenon. Yep. I mean, if they go back and count how many times that we've made a prediction that wasn't correct, and I say we because I'm not talking about our show because we're always correct. Right. But uh, <laughs> but if you look back, I mean, we just don't know. I, and I'm sure, you know, Dr. O'Hara is a, a brilliant person, but I don't think you can make that statement. I think that's yep. and, and, and I, I suspect that he did make that as yeah. a hypothesis. Yeah, he did. And yeah. that, that he's not saying this is it and, and nobody else told me any yep. different. But but I, I just don't think. And, and why? Why? Why do we need to know? Right. Because we're going to know when exactly. we know, and we're not going to know before then. Yeah. Well, let me give you one more thought. The new normal needs to consider that we need to begin living our lives without all these restrictions. So can we live with this without it being a dominant feature of our lives, Dr. Mark? Yeah, I think that's absolutely going to happen yep. because that's the way things are just going to flow through. It's not really, there's not really a huge question to that. Yeah. But, but what... That that question comes up with all the arguments that are going on today when we're or or a year ago when we were just right. slap dab in the middle of something that we had no idea about and people were screaming that we can't survive these restrictions. Did a complete shutdown change anything? Well, it doesn't seem like it did, but yep. but you, it's one of those questions well, it created that you can never havoc answer. on the economy. Uh, yeah. So. So did it? I don't so know. Did it help? I, I mean, I mean, did, did it actually create havoc? Yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be reading about this for decades, absolutely. And there are gonna be people that come out there and say the blip that we saw, it, you know, financially wasn't any more significant than this event or that event. But I, it's it's gonna be interesting because then did this affect the education of our youth? Did it change the the pattern of what they're they're seeing? And and we just we're not gonna know that. It's yet. gonna be interesting to see how history judges our clinical program on this on a national basis. Yeah, it'll be pretty harsh. Yeah. Either way. I think so. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us. 
ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are done talking about COVID still. So uh, well, that's our breach. We can we were talking about the weather. I didn't think we were going to mention that in the third. I segment, don't know. Dr. I Mark. don't know, man. I, that was it. Yeah. Just, just have the, you seen what the weather's going to do this weekend? It's been a crazy couple of weeks, and I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind the cold weather, and I know I don't either. You know, living in Florida, we haven't had a, a, a frost here in Orlando in I think ten years or so. Well, it's and, supposed to yeah. be the coldest. Saturday and Sunday. Yes. In four years. In, in four Orlando. years. But yeah. still, I still like them. Yeah. Not, not looking for that frost. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's funny. But I was talking about this uh, earlier today. And in as cold as it's gotten, I'd like to take a poll of our listeners. How many people turn on their heat? Because in my family, I'm not allowed to turn my heat on. They don't like the You're heater, kidding. and so we've been in the house in the in the low 60s, under 65. Oh, we couldn't deal and, with that. And they're yeah. like, nope, nope. I tell yeah. my boys, nope, fine. Usually I got a blanket. Our, usually, if the temperature in the house gets below 70, we'll pop the heat on for. Yeah, I know, uh, man. I get. Yeah. I've I've actually gotten in trouble for doing it. Wow. Yeah, like I was trying wow. to take the edge off to get us up yeah. to 68, and they got no, no, Dad, don't do that. But it's four years since yeah, it's, it's in the 20s. Yeah, the uh, we have some we have some reptiles as pets, and so they they have not enjoyed this spell. There, well, actually, last weekend, as you know, I was up in Atlanta for two days, right? And when we got there Friday night, it was twenty and snowing. No, did they it get was. snow in Atlanta? Wow! It, and it was like they a don't mixed. get snow much. Yeah. It was it was oh, kind sleety. of sleet snow. Oh, that's awful! And the roads were the roads were fine because you stayed on the main roads. Yeah, but well, yeah, it was uh, twenty degrees on Saturday morning. Well, there. looking out the window here in Orlando for a couple of days, you could easily tell people who haven't done this that if you go to Seattle, this is what it looks like yep. on a good day. Yep. So, you know, we, can't, we really don't have that much to complain about. Well, you know, I mean, think about it now. I want you to clear up a myth for me, Dr. Mark. I'll try. All my life, I've lived in Florida now for 36 years. Okay. I have always believed that if we did not have a freeze during the winter, that the mosquitoes would be worse in the summertime. So, have you ever heard that? Um, you don't need an actual freeze, but there is a temperature amount that does wipe out some of some of the insects. Interesting, but, but it doesn't have to be an actual yeah. frost. Okay. Yeah, I think I can't even remember. Like mosquitoes can't under under like sixty degrees, they can't move about. Something okay. that's it's a number okay. like that. But if there's a freeze, it'll actually take out the larvae. So now, that is true. Yeah, there's there's something yeah. to that that freeze. Yeah. And yep, yep. Okay, cool. All Let's right, talk man, a little we, bit we, about the AC. Now. I don't know. Let's That's just right. keep talking about weather. Okay, no, we'll talk like about it. the ACA enrollment because we're yeah. we're beyond the uh, time that you can get enrolled. It, and it closed we, January fifteenth. Yeah, and we talked about we saw the the lowest payments needed to do your yep. for your monthly premiums, yep. but there's some hidden right. information there is that that you have to pay attention to. Yep. You know, I was talking to some people that re-enrolled. They've been in the ACA for years. Mm-hmm. Their premiums did go down. 
Yes. But it's interesting that their copays and some deductibles actually went up. Yep. Now, do you know what an ER emergency room copay is? What's it looking like? $500. Wow. I mean, urgent and obviously care. it varies. Yeah, it varies. Yeah. But there are but, these. But the but average on, on, the, on the low is five hundred dollars. Premium programs. Yep. That's what you're looking. It's at. a it's a eight thousand one hundred and twenty five dollar deductible, a yep. five hundred dollar copay to the hospital, and a hundred dollar copay to urgent care. You, you know what that is? That is the hard work of the insurance company's actuaries. That's exactly right. So just that that's always been a, a favorite. Uh, career name to discuss because you know as you're growing up you're going to school no one says hey you should become an actuary but you know just so for anybody who's not familiar yeah. actuaries are the folks yeah. that calculate the results of different costs up front and what you're going to look like right. as a far as a payout right. so they use that in in many things yeah. they use that in insurance they use that in vegas for betting right, right. i mean have you ever ever talked to your friends that just oh. can't seem to win a bet well it's it's all calculated out and you've got this narrow window of luck Yep. That, so, so these actuaries Many looked at this. C-suite levels of these major insurance companies. These guys came out of Ernst Young. Yep, they're and people like that that were yep. actuaries, true actuaries. Yep. In fact, the president of WellCare mm-hmm. was at Ernst Young. I know him well. No kidding. He's an actuary. Yeah. He's an actuary. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're they're invaluable for industry and in the insurance industry. You cannot operate without right. successful actuaries. But let's talk about a five hundred dollar ER copay. It's ridiculous. You know the. The two sides say the insurance, the people that are responsible for the risk of the dollars are saying we need a divergent to keep people out of the ER when they don't need to go there. Now, you do know that if you get admitted, that $500 is waived. So you don't have to worry about that if you actually get admitted. I did not know that. Okay. But, and so they're saying that we have so many people that go to the ER on Saturday night for a bad cold. Well, we're going to put up a financial divergent to keep them from doing that. I don't think that's going to work because I don't think people know. I mean, well, no. then the hospital is going to end up writing it off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. You know, I think, I, yeah, I, that's not going to work. But the, that's not the work. other it, piece, it has to be it has yeah. to be either posted yeah. or general knowledge. That's and right. it's neither of those. That's things. right. That's right. That's right. And the other thing is, let's talk about urgent care. Right. A lot of urgent care was anywhere from 50 and maybe on some cases 75 on a high deductible plan. Mm -hmm. But normally urgent care has now gone from 50 to 100. Mm -hmm. And so now I think both of these policies are really to direct people to pick a primary care physician and go see them versus using the ER urgent care. Sure. And and we've talked about that since day one. And and, and then with IPN, what we do every day, that's a huge piece of the management of the of invaluable care. care yeah and it's super important but this isn't going to do it having it and i know it's not hidden in your policy because it's right there right but these nobody is going to yeah. go over every inch and make the and there's no choice they don't get a choice here but when i went to some of our our people that are on the aca and they just re-enrolled mm-hmm. i asked them i said well has anything changed and they said well the premiums went down yeah and then they started talking about the copays and then i asked them about er and urgent care and they skyrocketed yeah did they know did they know right off or did they, they have to they go didn't look? know when they signed up see that's that's what i'm saying yeah, it's yeah. not it's not really going yeah. and until it becomes yeah. knowledge that, that we all say this is what we're because yeah. people look at insurance and they say if well if i'm going to pay for my insurance then 
I paid for it. Right. So it's just like if I buy a plan, you know, that when you when you get your new car and you've got a, a bumper to bumper warranty for three years, then you if they walk out and they tell you you got to add a hundred bucks, you're not happy about it, That's right? right. That's and right. this is the the same you think issue. It's bumper to bumper zero right. deductible. Yeah, and That's so right. if That's it's right. not, you really have to not just disclose that because yeah. we're buying insurance online. Well, I think you're uh, in the frame of the opponents that say these kind of deductibles will cause people not to seek care, postpone care, resulting in even higher health care costs long term. I think it's just going to put them into debt. Yeah. I don't think they're thinking forward. I, don't, I really believe that people react and respond based on their safety. And if they think they need to go to the ER, money isn't the issue. Yeah. Now, yep. now there there are certain groups. If they're really paying for their health care insurance, mm-hmm. then they're paying attention to it. That's right. But if they're on a supported, you know, government supported, yep. or or in this case, yep. it kind of feels yep. like a government supported thing because they're not paying much in the way of premiums. They're not going to think about this, and they're going to leave with with debt. Well, the thing that people I don't think really realize their HSAs, health savings accounts are very prevalent, Yes, particularly for the with, high deductible with, plans, with yeah. high deductible and, and self-insured employers. Right. The issue there is with a $500 ER visit, you go to the cope, you go to the ER two or three times, you've wiped out your entire yeah. health savings account for the year. Yeah. I mean, you can put like 60, well, 7,300 7, a year in for a family, that's but right. who has that 7,300 to put in? That's right. I and mean, that's, that's, right. that's a lot yeah. of cash. Yep. So yep. what about the, you know, you read the HSAs. So the FSAs right. are, are different. They want, are. Go, go yeah. is, explain that. Uh, well, the difference there is really the way that the money is infused into the plan. Right. If you've got a high deductible, let's say an $8,125 deductible, some plans do have a specific copay for PCP and specialist. Right. But other plans, they don't pay a penny until yeah. you get to that $8,125. That's the difference, Dr. Mark. Gotcha. Okay. It's dollar one coverage. Okay. And then so in the FSA, mm-hmm. FSA is a little bit different because it's just connected to the plan. It's a lower maximum amount. Right. And you have to, it's a use it or lose it, right? That's right. You, okay. It doesn't roll over. It doesn't roll That's over. Right. And this is money that comes out pre-tax. Pre-tax. So. Yeah. It's like a 125 cafeteria style. You don't pay tax. In other words, if your premium is $500, mm-hmm. just for instance, that comes out of your gross income. You right. don't pay taxes on that $500. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And so and then it's and you, deducted you on see the, the FSAs, the the you see that on the, on the lower deductible plans, yep. on the HMO yep. plans, yep. whereas you go to that PPO plan with a higher deductible. Gotcha. The, and the nice thing about the H, and we weren't even going to talk about this, but the, mm-hmm. the nice thing about the HSA is it does roll over and it can become, if you have a good year and you don't spend that, you don't hit your deductible, yep. then it can become an investment product. And then right. the next year, right. if you do hit the deductible, you still have money on the other side right. of that. So it's become a very smart savings plan. And but your your balance yep. is being able to afford that higher deductible. And I, and I think that's, that's what right. people should work towards. Well, we've talked about that so many times that are we selling people health insurance plans that they, that can't, they can't afford? afford. Right, right. They can't even afford right. the out-of-pocket and The management of an HSA would help a family afford that next level. That's right. And it may not be, and you don't, with the HSAs, you don't have to fully fund them. That's right. That's right. But, but you have to have, you have There's to have some time. There's usually an employee contribution right. and then a employer, employer contribution right. as well. Yeah. yeah in fact, a, most of them employed. are employer. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. like if you're getting this in the ACA, there's no yeah. employer For contribution. For instance, I can tell you several years ago when I was part of the health insurance committee for the Seminole County Schools, 
we were we moved from fully insured to self-insured in the very first year they came out with a a $1400 deductible and that's that's per individual right but yet if you went and got your physical your annual wellness visit in the first 30 days of the new plan that $1400 deductible went to $400 oh really yeah Oh, that's an in- see. That's an incentive. Incentives. That's an incentive that'll work as Get opposed to I'm sick. I think I'm gonna. I, I mean, I'm having chest pain. I don't know what this is. I'm gonna go to the ER, and then you walk out of the ER and have a five five hundred dollar copay that you had no clue. Then you're really gonna have that's some right. chest pain. That's right. You and know? you know the other thing, but you know we talk about these high deductibles and the high premiums. The only good thing about these plans, Doctor Mark, mm-hmm. other than you know coverage of fourteen million people this year, right? Lower premiums based on the subsidies that you qualify for, right? And there is no pre existing conditions. Correct. That's really that's the very reason these plans are popular now that and that and that is crucial yep. and it's yep. very very yep. important very important but yep. then at the end of the day we also have to come back to the fact that we just about sold out you know and and there's what 14 million no it wasn't even 14 million 14, right at 14, 14, 14 million, 14 million on the people on it yeah. so it's not even that many but people. i think even long term if you look at being a fiscally responsible nation how do we keep funding this you're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We're at segment four. Got a few more things to talk about. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. Larry, we are going to bring our topics back to something new. And we we, we talk about lawsuits in medicine a lot. Um, And this is an interesting one. It's close to home. It's here in uh, southwest Florida. A group of orthopedic surgeons have sued. Independent orthopedic Independent, right. Independent group. They have sued uh, HCA Healthcare, Mm -hmm. alleging that the healthcare system is engaging in anti-competitive conducting attempts to dominate the orthopedic surgical yep. services in their market. Yep. So they're trying to block them out. And yep. so it'll be interesting about that. You share some of the details yeah, of that. This is a Kennedy White Orthopedic Center in Sarasota, Florida, Dr. Mark. And they have worked with this HCA for a long time. And this is just another situation where the hospital is just trying to dominate the independent physicians and not only control them, but own them. Huh. Interesting. So you think they're yep. for, trying to force them into having to work for the Without hospital? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've I've talked to a lot of HCA executives over the year, and, and you've talked to even more, oh, yeah. and they've always stated that they don't want to own physicians, but in the markets that they go in, they find themselves needing to own physicians in order to get their hospital coverage. And they continue to target specific specialties sure. like orthopedics. orthopedics. And then you know, right they, here in Orlando, they, the ones that Orlando earn. Health bought Jewett Clinic, yep, yep, the absolutely. largest orthopedic group yep. in town. Yeah, no, or- orthopedics is a hospital system's... Yep really want those groups. Um, they're, they're profitable groups. Um, they're, they're necessary, right? If they're going to have an emergency room. Well, they want the procedures done in the hospital. Yep, and yep. if they own them, they can keep them there. Yep. And then, and it's been yep. that big trend to push procedures 
done outside the hospital. And now the hospital sort of answered to that by trying to open their own outpatient surgery centers. So I wonder what's going on down in uh, Sarasota well, there. You know, it's interesting that HCA says that in this Kennedy White Orthopedic Center that they have served as the general partner and have a majority ownership of the partnership. So they don't really understand why the physicians are rebelling. I thought so, that was an interesting right, so comment. Just the, re- the way this happens. So if, if there's an outpatient surgery center and, and there's a, a part of the ownership is with physicians. The way the law is set up is you have to have a, a, a general partner that owns 51% that is not a physician, right? right. And so so some of the places they own more than that, but that's the, that's the typical setup. And it, and it either works or it doesn't. Right. And in an orthopedic right. surgery center, it should work really well. It should. So what these guys are, are seeming to say is they're trying to sink yep. that ship and say that maybe their own center yep. isn't any good. Right. And that's going to drive these, where are these guys going to go? Well, let me give you two specifics because mm-hmm. I think this will clear this up. The surgeons claim that HCA restricted their center's capacity, diverted patients, and employees to a nearby HCA hospital, right. affecting their medical equipment and vendor pricing. And then in the same vein, they've said that it is anti-competitive that HCA has still not allowed its independent same-day surgery center to keep patients for up to 23 hours, which is a standard practice in Florida, Dr. Yeah, Martin. That's new. It's yeah. new. But, but it, it has now been allowed. Yeah. yeah. So those are really the issues. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, there's there's two sides to the story, and yeah. I'm I'm always going to lean towards the side of the independent physicians, right. and uh, you know we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. And and if they've gone this far, I mean, it's one thing to go to the newspaper and throw some complaints, but if they've yeah. gone this far as to you know get get representation and actually move forward mm-hmm. from a legal aspects, so I'm yep. sure they're they're really looking at something of great concern. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and, you know, we build independent physician networks and it's all about preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine and giving our physicians the tools to compete right. in this market against whoever we're competing right. against. And, and it's yeah. not easy. No, it's not. It's easy. not easy. Yeah. And it's these kinds of businesses, the, the business aspect of medicine that a lot of physicians are really yep. talented at. And when they get into a position where things might be going well, yep. there there's still a lot of opportunities for outside yep. force, forces to kind of and, sink that And boat. not being a lawyer... When an independent physician organization considers aligning and partnering with a health system, they better make sure they get all the dialogue, yeah. all the information is in black and white yep. before they ever start. No, but you but, know where I'm going with right, that, Dr. Martin. Absolutely. But yep. a, a, this is a common, common practice yep. because in order to build a center, there are resources and dollars that you need. The deep pockets. But, and, yeah. and then if you're going to have somebody that has to own a percentage of it, I mean, there are there are companies out there, big companies like SCA, yeah. that own yeah. lots and lots mm-hmm. of surgery centers. Optum, and so, I think, just bought them, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. yeah. And so they, uh, I think they kept, they're keeping their their name. Right. But, uh, they but are. Yeah. Forward. But yeah, so there are groups like that, that, that they specialize in surgery centers. But here you're mixing the pot. You're taking a group yep. that makes yep. the vast majority of their income in inpatient facilities and ancillary services. And right. And, yeah. and, and you're taking ancillary services. Right. And they can charge more for those ancillary services That's right. That's right. At, because they're hospital based. So it really becomes a challenge for them to go, man, as, as that big gorilla, man, I'm just throwing money away yep. by having it yep. done over there. And, and it's, it's difficult to see how yep. that, that, 
that marriage is going to yeah. work long term. Yeah. And you know, but this has been working since 1995. That's right. That's so, right. You know, that's, and it's interesting too. You know, the merger with Physicians Associates in Orlando Health. We're right. on probably year six with that. Yeah. It seems to be holding up pretty well. Yeah, they've had. Uh, it and was, you're probably it, familiar with some of that. Yeah, yeah. A lot I, of your I friends have, are have, probably sure. physicians. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What what happened is, I think after the fifth year, um, which was kind of a contract change year, yep. there were a number of physicians that that went, out. went on their yep. way. Yep. Um, I think that Orlando Health has has done a good job trying to try to keep things yep. moving forward. Yep. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see because the uh, well, you know, the, prior to that acquisition, Orlando Health had a lot of specialist, but they didn't have very many primary care. That's true. And when they bought Physicians Associates, yeah. it put them in a whole different position. It did. In and, the then, and then they turned around and bought another huge group yeah. of specialists. And then they bought Jewett Clinic yeah, right. on top of that. Yep, yeah. Yep. yeah, I tell you, see, the uh, there's a lot of construction. Man, if you're in the construction business in Orlando, you yep. are doing it. What's going on at Lucerne down in that area? I understand they're turning that into a orthopedic hospital. Yeah, that is. That's an, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah it's, so they've got the, the pieces of the parking deck in the hospital, yeah. and that's going to yeah. be the, the Jewett Center, I don't know if our Jewett listeners Institute. remember that Lucerne Hospital used to be an HCA hospital many, right. many years ago. Yep, and it was bought by Orlando Health, yep. and they, they used it as a hospital, for which is always kind of weird. They had a little outpatient center there, and they had some inpatient yep. stuff. And I remember coming here in the 90s and uh, in, in the early aughts, and that was... I would get a consult. I remember getting a consult mm-hmm. and I couldn't find the patient because they were in a whole different hospital. Okay. And so, so I had to have somebody to point my, you know, point me over to point where, where right this, this teenager yeah. was. Interesting. And so, yeah, but yeah, that is, uh, yeah. Yeah, they knocked that down to dirt quite a while ago. And now is that, is that actually the space where that's on or is it, it's near there? I don't know. It's, if it's, it's, it's right there in that yeah. same property. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's cl- actually where they're putting Didn't it is they actually. build a physician component behind the Behind Lucerne, they built a whole they, new. They did that, but I think the, the hospital's actually not on the dirt where Lucerne was, though. Oh, okay. It's, it's close okay. to it's okay. close to the main campus. Okay, I'm pretty, pretty pretty sure. Well, but you anyway. know, we're going to keep an eye on these uh, mergers and oh, acquisitions yeah, as we go through the year with this show, Doctor Mark. But you know, we don't talk a lot about politics on no. this show, and deliberately because we are not an opinionated. No, I, it's I about think, education. I think the, the show that's on right before us does a great job. They of, do a great and, job and of all the politics. They've got to exhaust <laughs> exhaust their audience. So if we came on, we would just look. Pretty lame. That's right. That's pretty right. lame. That's right. But we're going to do a little bit, though. Yeah, we are. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker, has invited Biden, President Biden, to deliver his first State of the Union address to a joint session of Congress on March 1st. And President Biden is expected to touch on his administrative priorities, including health priorities, such as addressing the pandemic, right. building on the ACA, reducing health disparities, promoting health equity, and improving the affordability of care and coverage. Yeah, I should have given you a scale of one to five yeah. on how I feel about each of those and how yeah, that's going to go. Yeah, why don't we go. walk through it? Let's well, walk through it. Well, I mean, I yeah. think, you know, the, the the topics addressing the pandemic is going to be yep. uh, a huge waste of discussion because no one is going to agree with anything that's said. That's exactly And And yep. th- it's not going to be any new information. Building upon the ACA. Yeah, we're done for January 15th. We're well, done yeah, for 2022. And the ACA hasn't yeah. worked. That's not on, not under right. anybody's right. watch. And I don't I don't understand how building on the broken system. I mean, because when when President Obama came up with this, the idea was healthcare was so broken that we need to crush it and start over. And there were almost 60 million uninsured Americans out there today. Today, if you discount Medicaid and Medicare, we're under 20 million uh, uninsured. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, the government coverages yeah. have increased that much. That's right. And so, I mean, they they didn't crush it and rebuild it. They just 
built a website which crushed itself and then have rebuilt the website. But I, I don't see that that being there, there's not a plan out there. I, I, I mean, I'll have to uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to listen to it. But. Well, I think the thing about building upon the ACA, we can't continue to fund these subsidies and pay people's health care premiums out of taxpayers dollars for the next 50 years, Dr. Mark. No, we need to if we're going to fund something, we're going to have to fund Medicare. That's right. And, That's right. and this is sort of a, a fake way to address some of the other issues and address just 14 yeah. 14 million. So let people. me give you a hy- hypothetical here. Okay. Medicare's predicted to be insolvent by 2026 now. Right. Yet we're spending billions of dollars yep. on the commercial side for the ACA yeah. program. Yeah, and it's it's all fake news cuz yeah. it's not going it's not going to go away you'll because never hear we're going to have to fund it, right? Yeah. Now, but then we'll jump to reducing health disparities and promoting health yep. equity. A- absolutely a great conversation. Yep. No matter what you say about it, you can't say enough. And so happy to hear ideas because whether you're to the right or to the left, these are issues that are real issues that we are doing a poor job yep. doing anything about. So just doing, I think we're, we're, we're through the stage of educating people as to what it is and as to why it's yep. important. Yep. And now we're ready for some action. Yep. So I'd be interested to hear if there's something that can work across party lines that can really make this stand up and, and and have people take notice as to as to how much this is destroying. If we if we fix that, we're going to have the money yep. to fix the rest. Well, you know, health equity is going to be fixed on the local level, Dr. Mark. And I can tell you, and you know this in our own programs, we have actually gone to our value based payer relationships and said, you got a lot of rural counties out there yep. who don't have product. We're willing with our organizations to go in there and build primary care networks mm-hmm. and expand this health equity into these rural markets. Yep. Dr. Martin, that's how it's going to happen. No, it is. And, and we've said this, that healthcare is very regional. And and one of the problems that the federal government has with healthcare is they have one plan and they want that's it right. to work from sea to shining sea. That's right. And it will not do it because populations are too different. And not not just the population of patients, but the healthcare delivery systems are too different, too disparate. And so we do. We need something that pays attention to that. And not one plan is not going to fix all. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, and then, of course, you've got cost and uh, access of, yep. of care. That's going to be an ongoing discussion on and on and on. Yep. Well, yep. next week we'll come back and, and perhaps talk about what we heard or yep. uh, what the pundits said. Yep. But until then, have a great week, Larry. Great discussion, Dr. Mark. See you next week. Next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.